Hey everybody and welcome to 5050 Films. I'm Peter. And I'm Autumn. If you hear any background noise, it's just because it's hot in the room and our laptop is trying to cool itself down while we're recording. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. Maybe they can't even hear it on that end, who knows. Yeah, I, I think it's one. probably going a little bit, but it might be low enough that it's not really noticeable. I hope it's not noticeable. Anyway, today we have two movies for you. As we usually do. Um, the first one was, what was You Got Mail? Or You've Got Mail. Yes. Uh, as the old 90s uh, computers used to say. As always, this, this first movie was my pick. I picked this because I have been trying to watch all of the classic rom-com movies that everyone knows and loves. I haven't seen so, so many of them. Last year, Peter and I watched When Harry Met Sally for the first time ever, and we both really enjoyed it. It ended up being both of our top choice for the best romance in a movie we watched last year. Um, so the stakes were pretty high when it came to this classic rom-com challenge earlier on this year we watched Notting Hill which was another one and so my next pick was you've got mail because of course I had to watch a Nora Ephron Tom Hanks Meg Ryan movie I believe there are multiple um, this one features two bookstore owners in New York they meet online without knowing each other's identity. And they have these kind of rules around their interaction where they don't talk about their personal lives. So neither of them know what the other person's job is, what their name is, anything like that. Meg Ryan's character, Kathleen, has taken over her deceased mother's bookstore, which is the shop around the corner. It's a children's bookstore. They do a lot of programming there, story times, that sort of thing. And Tom Hanks's character, Joe Fox, and his family are going to be putting a Fox Books, which is a big bookstore cafe, think Barnes & Noble, um, across the street from the shop around the corner. So they meet in person. Joe doesn't reveal who he is. They later find out. Obviously, they are not big fans of each other. And all this time, they're communicating online without knowing who they're talking to. A situation comes up, uh, they plan a date in person where Joe is able to figure out it's Kathleen that he's been talking to online without Kathleen knowing that same information. And so for then like the second third of the movie, Joe does know, but Kathleen does not. And then the movie ends with them both knowing and by then they've kind of very quickly become friends and now you know are in love and stuff as as those romance movies tend to do we were both underwhelmed by this movie peter so much so that he rated it underwhelming i rated it what i would call a very low entertaining yeah i <sighs> It's hard to talk about these movies that are just, like, not standouts. Do you agree? Yeah, I guess. It, it's really hard. Because, like, you want you want it to like the movie. It's Tom Hanks, you know? Tom Hanks is a beloved celebrity, right? He's and in all kinds of stuff. this is a classic rom-com. Yeah. There are so many, you know, 
yeah. books and movies based off of this movie. I don't even... Was there a good line in this movie? There wasn't anything that really stood out to me. I can't really even think of anything this far in. Aside from the you've got mail. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that the computer says. Yeah, but that was like... They used to, they, that's just the AOL noise. Like, literally, I think everyone's heard that before. Yeah. Um, it's just like, well, I don't know how young, if young people have heard before, but... Yeah, so you can't say that anymore. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I used to hear that, I think, on uh, on Sesame Street when I was a kid. Like, Did Elmo would really? get mail. That's and funny. The, the Elmo's, Elmo's World, I think, was like the last part of Sesame Street or something. And you'd have mail. You'd get email. But anyway, like, I just, that is such an antiquated format, too. Like, some movies, this was made in 98, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some movies from a while ago or in the 90s or whenever, they use tech, and it looks bad. We can make jokes about it. Like, in Johnny Mnemonic, the tech for... Like, you know, he's like, I've got 200 gigabytes in my head but or whatever. But that's futuristic. It's, is... But it's futuristic, but it's also futuristic based on the time period. So they're like, wow, right. 200 gigabytes is a lot of data. And it's like, oh, that's that's one video game for me now or something right. like that, you know. Or like two or three video games, depending on how small they are. But to actively use a plot device like that in the present... You're alienating a lot of future moviegoers because I never used that sort of email. I, you I, never use that sort of email. You're younger than I am. Right, but I just I don't really understand what you're getting at. I guess so. Like the whole like it's set in the '90s. It so. is set. It's set in the <laughs> '90s, but like the the whole plot device is AOL mail and instant messenger, right? Right. Um, which is just not something that we do anymore. We don't. We don't do that. We text people all the time that, like, didn't exist at that time, right? right. Or it was, like, gimped very heavily. Um, or or we do email people, but it's, it's not... You get on your phone, you know? So, like, for me, like, <laughs> watching them log, like, sign in the dial-up connection, I mean, that was kind of cool. Because, you know, dial-up is something that, just, that no longer exists. But it was, like, a thing. Like, you had to use your phone connection to access the internet. Right. Um, and, like, you know, you you just, like, you, you would find chat rooms. It was it's just an old, archaic version of the internet that, that I think doesn't, it doesn't, like, look as good on screen as, like, stuff from Journey Mnemonic or The Matrix does because that's all future-y stuff. Whereas this is like, oh, this is this is old shit. This is the past. See, I didn't know you felt that way. I really, I have to disagree. Like, I that was one of the parts of the movie I really liked was that it was so '90s. Everything yeah. was so '90s. The computers were bulky. The I, oh, I liked that. I didn't part. know. I just felt like all of it, like the noises, the way they had to log into things. I just felt like all of that was just like very nostalgic and, and fun. I don't know if I can say nostalgic because I was born in 97, so it's not like I have a ton of experience. Year this movie yeah, I don't have a ton of experience with that, but I liked the way it made me feel like I was back there. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm not really complaining about the, like the the devices themselves. Like that one's all pretty good, you know. It was on that they both had laptops, even in '98. Like that's probably a little yeah. more of a rarity. <laughs> um, but like, it was for me. It was just the like, the like just looking at that and going, "Wow, we used to use some really like." old shit to do this it, it, it like really kind of drives home old. like how the communication was and they really really they're just using it as like a wow this is the space age way that that young people and kids now will communicate with each other instead of using letters right it's all like instantaneous and and new <laughs> but to us it's like wow this is like almost worse than sending letters it's dial up internet <laughs> but i mean and I think what really bothered me the most was how god awful uninspired their their names were, their 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 tags. <laughs> what they call them? They call them their tags. Yeah, she was a shop girl. shop girl. That's a horrible yeah. name. That's a horrible name. His was NY152. Like that that man's a bot. You shouldn't be contacting him. He's probably an <laughs> FBI agent or some kind of predator. Like. What the hell? <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah, those they, were bad. Th- those were both like names that would get you flagged in a database as a bot these days. And then at the end, when he reveals himself, he calls her shop girl. Yeah. Which really like drove home how awkward that was when someone was finally like saying it out loud. Yeah. Like I mean, putting numbers at the end of your name is fine. Everyone has to, except for me. I I never do that because I'm too cool. But uh. Because all my all my all my usernames are stuff that I've crafted so that I wouldn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, usernames or numbers in your username is fine. But like, have something more inspired than Shop Girl. It makes it sound like we're about to watch Confessions of a Shopaholic, which is actually a pretty solid movie. But like, you know, <laughs> like it was just like like shop, really Shop Girl. You run a bookstore. <laughs> what yeah, do you mean Shop like, Girl? Book Girl. Yeah, you could you could have been. Original. She's like a huge fan of Pride and Prejudice. Like, why not? Why not? You know, Darcy fangirl, whatever, something. You know, like name it something Bronte related, right? Like Pride and Prejudice was Bronte, right? Uh, no, that was Jane Austen. Jane Austen, Austen related. You know, like, <laughs> like, like just come up with something. God, like, she she made a username like they were holding her at gunpoint, <laughs> and the fact that she, that. The term shop girl wouldn't have any numbers behind it is ridiculous. <laughs> like, that's such a blasé name. Like, why would you, why would it not be picked by, like, 12 different, you know, people already? Yeah. <sighs> I talked to Peter about this, and a lot of, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing we did wrong. We watched When Harry Met Sally first, mm-hmm. at the start of all of this. Which is, you know, arguably the best classic rom-com of all time. It is very well loved. And now everything we watch, Notting Hill, You've Got Mail, I'm comparing to that, and I am never going to be satisfied. And I I know that, but I still am, like, looking (laughs) for something that will make me feel that way. Even this one is is an enemies-to-lovers story, much like When Harry Met Sally. But what when Harry Met Sally did right that this one didn't was all in the pacing. Yes. It just... If this movie had been the last ten minutes of this movie, like the pacing and the yeah. the feel and the vibes of it, 
I would have liked it so much more. I loved the ending of this movie when they were friends and he was kind of yanking her chain about like, oh, this guy she's talking to online and she doesn't know it's him. And New York 152, what's he got? 152 unpopped pimples on his yeah, face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's making fun of how bad his username is. Yeah. But I mean, like... When they were friends, it was cute and it was fun and I wish that that had been more of the movie. And it wasn't even that the beginning part of the movie was that they, like, really hated each other. It was just spent so... We spent so much time, like, establishing them almost as separate people too much. Yes, I. I also have made the mistake of watching two excellent rom coms first. Like, I've seen Love Actually, which is, like, beloved as a rom com. Yeah. I know it's not your favorite. It's been a long time since I've watched it. But it's it, really so. good. And, like, My Hair Met Sally is incredible. It's just so well done. They start the enemies to lovers thing immediately in like the first two scenes of the sh- of the movie, and so you have and so much yeah. time to like develop the whole relationship. Yeah. They're enemies, and then they're friends for a good long while. And they're not like enemies, enemies. Like she doesn't, he doesn't like destroy her life or anything. Like he <laughs> like just, he's one? just <laughs> annoying to her, you know. And then then it slowly grows on her, you know. She's like, oh, he's actually like he's he's kind of changed a bit. I think, and through the course of that movie, he gets like divorced like three or four times. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But, like, and then that movie has those, like, the really classic, like, lines and scenes that I'll have what she's having. At the the bit at the end that's too long to remember but is, like, super heartfelt. But you always try to reference yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, like, uh, I love that you, whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's so much stuff where he loves about her. Like, this movie did not have any memorable, like, moments. The best part about it was that it was a vehicle for Dave Chappelle and Greg Kinnear to be, like, to exist as actors. <laughs> like, I mean, Chappelle wasn't even that funny. I mean, he was a little funny. He did mess with him a little bit when he was, when he was, like, he had he had Dave Chappelle, like, scout out the restaurant for yeah. him before he walked in to see if she was there. Like, but that's fine. But, like, that's, like, early Chappelle, you know? And, and like... Greg Kinnear is great. He's 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 funny as like the side character in a lot of stuff. I don't know if he's ever had a really big main role. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, he was fun as like the luddite guy who loves typewriters in this one. Yeah. Speaking of him, the most memorable scene in this movie to me doesn't isn't even between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It's between Frank Navasky and Meg er, Frank Navasky and Kathleen Kelly. At they're at a restaurant and he's telling her basically. You know, I really like you, but I just don't know. And she asked him, like, wait, are you saying you're not in love with me? And he was like, well, yeah, like, I'm just not in love with you. And she, like, gets so giddy. She's like, me either. And that was my favorite scene because it was just, like, the nicest breakup. Yeah. Of just two people realizing, like, you know what? I like you, but this just isn't, like, a romantic thing. And yeah. it was, I, like, laughed out loud. I thought it was great. The super mutual breakup. Yeah, I thought it was great. And yeah. That, that was the most memorable scene to me, not anything having to do with the the main couple of the story. Yeah, I think this movie, I think this movie was too long. Agreed. By about 20 to 30 minutes. And I think that middle 20 to 30 minutes could have been cut right out of the middle. <laughs> or the beginning, honestly. Yeah, or the beginning. Um, I think that the amount of enemy he becomes to her is... It's disproportionately high. He literally makes her 
lose her job and sell her mother's bookstore. Yeah, and I just can't in real life. I can't see that working you, you out. Were, and, and then and then he like walks into her apartment and like kind of makes himself at home a little bit. Like she would have like pepper sprayed him and kicked him out into like into the the, the hallway. Like I would have hoped she would have. I. I feel like just. I don't even know how to say it. I feel like the standards have really gone up for romance as a genre across all mediums because I think it's not enough now to just have a, like, guy and girl meet. They both live in New York City, because they always do, and they fall in love. Or Chicago. And and it's will, will they, won't they for a while, and then they end up together. Like, now audiences require a lot more I feel like and even like the romance books I've been reading I I'm pickier than I ever used to be because I've read ones that really made me care about the characters as individuals they weren't like cardboard copy boy meets girl type of characters and I did kind of feel like Joe and Kathleen in this one just didn't really stand out enough on their own and I also like like you kind of alluded to, like he destroyed her life. I really don't see that working out in real life. Yep, like fully, just like ruined her life. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It would be too much. You would the, the the deep sense of betrayal when you found out that, like, oh my gosh, if that he like he knew for so long that that they were pen pals and mm-hmm. like he literally still destroyed her life even though he enjoyed talking to her like uh, it's yeah. just it was just it wasn't good it, it was it was very uh, underwhelming now there are what like two or three other rom-coms we still have to see they're in that classic well there's probably more than that but yeah. like the ones i'm thinking of there's like two or three more yeah i definitely want to see serendipity um because your mom recommended that one and mm-hmm. i tend to agree with her opinions on most Hi, Mom. Movies and stuff. And then I want to watch Sleepless in Seattle, because that's another very classic one I've Hanks never one seen. Too, right? I think it is. I think it's Mike Ryan, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and those are the two that come to mind for me. See, for me, I need to watch Say Anything. Oh, yes. I can't forget the, about that. I mean, one. The Boombox one. That's yeah. like, that scene gets aped so much, and I think it, that we really should watch that. That's the whole that. reason I want to watch all these classic rom coms, is because they are referenced so often and I want to be like in the know <laughs> um for me I want to watch Lost in Translation it's a Bill Murray one oh, you do love Bill Murray yeah um it's it's him I think he's it's, it's Bill Murray maybe he's himself I don't think it's as himself it might be I don't really remember but he's he's like a guy who's a spokesman for the Suntory whiskey brand or something which I also enjoy but um <laughs> but like he <laughs> There's, it's like this, I think it's a rom-com. I think it's a rom-com. Maybe I'll pick that next week. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I have no idea. But um, also, Jerry Maguire, I think, is a rom-com. Um, I know it's got it's got one of those classic line moments, though. Like, oh, okay. the ones that everyone's like, oh, that's that's a, that's a romance line you quote to your girlfriend or whatever. You know? Um, so there's that one. I think that's, like... I think that's it. I don't know if there's that many other... I think there are more than you 
Yeah, but the ones I'm thinking of that I that I want to add on my list, I think it's just those two or three. You know, it's really not that much more. Okay, well that's who you've got mail overall. Yep. Kind of disappointed. I I really wanted to love this one. I I will always be searching for the next one, Harry Met Sally, and I know I will never find it. It Billy, is my white whale. Billy Crystal's too good, man. You can't. Yes, you can't no, only, nothing can beat Billy Crystal's. The only thing that makes that even poison. even goes halfway is Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> He's in something else too. I, I remember he voiced something else. I can't remember what it is though. We're going to do our media break a little bit differently this time around, and if it works well, we'll probably stick to that. So instead of just me rambling off all the things I watched and Peter rambling off all the things he did, we are going to go by categories. So the first category is any movies we watched separately, apart from each other, apart from our project. Have you watched any movies on your own or with your friends? I did. I just don't remember what it was. I will come back to you. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I have been doing a huge Marvel rewatch with my friend Michaela. It is a full rewatch for me. Um, Michaela is watching some movies for the first time and others for the second time. Guardians was a rewatch for both of us. It is one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. It is also the movie that got me into Marvel in the first place. I watched it in the theater um, when it first came out, and Peter had tried to show me Avengers prior to that, and I just couldn't get into it. But then I saw Guardians, and that was my first kind of gateway into like, oh, I could actually really enjoy these movies if I understand the origin stories and watch them. So, ugh, I loved rewatching Guardians. It was the best. Do you remember what movie you watched now? Yes, I went and watched <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder with Paul. Oh yeah, the second time. Yeah, um, for the second time, he paid for the tickets, so, because he didn't want to go alone. <laughs> but, like, which would have been really funny, because we were the only two people in the entire theater. So if it was, And I, I walked out to go to the bathroom at one point, and I looked back at him, and I started laughing, because it was just him sitting in the middle of a giant theater that was empty. It was very funny, but... Um, yeah, I, I, my opinion on that movie hasn't changed, I don't think. It's it's still good. Interesting. Know. Nothing crazy, but it's it was, it was fun. Now we're going to move on to TV shows and what we've watched together. And as a little side note to TV shows, we watched two stand-ups this week. Do you remember which ones? Russell Howard. We watched Lubricant. Ru- yes, we watched Russell Howard's Lubricant. And, and then you... No, you picked no, Russell Howard. Didn't I did. You? you picked Jack Whitehall. I picked Jack Whitehall. We had two really good stand-ups this week. We did. Jack Whitehall's special that we watched was I'm Only Joking. Yes. Yeah, they were both great. I will say, I mean, we love Jack Whitehall. Peter Peter has loved him longer than I. I'll give credit where credit yes. is due. Um, but was... we have some regular comedians that we watch. Mm-hmm. And Jack Whitehall is one of them. Russell Howard was new to me. You said you'd seen him on Taskmaster? Yes, there's a UK show called Taskmaster. It's where a bunch of comedian, usually people who have some sort of comedian role, even if they're not fully just like a stand-up comedian, they'll be in like panel shows or they'll you know run other, some other aspect. They're all always funny. And there's five of them and uh, Greg Davies and Alex Horn. Um, and they 
Greg Davies is the taskmaster, Alex Horn is the taskmaster's assistant, and they have these people do a bunch of meaningless tasks over the course of like a week or so. Noel Fielding they, was on that, right? Yeah, he was he was on it from a, for a season. Um, there was a point he actually might have been on the same season that one of the older ladies from a, a different from Bake Off before Noel Fielding oh, got okay. in. Okay, interesting. Was um was and they they were it was very funny watching them together. Um, yeah, there was some really there were some great comedians on there, and I recognize a lot of people in the you know British comedy sphere now because of that. Yeah, Russell Howard has another special on Netflix. This one was twenty twenty one, but he has a twenty seventeen one on there that we have to watch because I honestly maybe think that this is the stand up that I have laughed out loud the most at. Yes. I do have to say there was a bit about a rabbit that made me very uncomfortable and I did not like at all. Um, but there were so many... His opening joke was great and I was laughing from that opening joke onto the very end of the stand-up. It was so great. Peter's laughing because he thought that rabbit thing was funny, but it was not. It was, it was disgusting. It was, it's not that it was... It's just so horrible, right? Like... <laughs> The joke is about his father killing their childhood pet rabbit because it, like, twitched or something. But just the delivery in which he, he delivered the joke, right? This is like a horrible thing. Watching watching your father stomp the pet rabbit to death because it, like, showed some form of illness. He hit it with a hammer. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. But, like, just the... The, like, the sheer, like horror of that moment and then the the delivery that he he like talked about it on stage it was there's too funny i don't know what it was and it just it's it's like black comedy you know it's like which doesn't work for me yeah it it works for me sometimes sometimes i'm not a huge fan but that was particularly this like the shock of like oh my god what the funny part is his dad's horrible reaction to the animal having some sort of distress not the fact that the animal died but anyway, there's a whole bunch of really funny stuff. He really goes into, like, this guy looks like he's in his mid to late 20s. He's 41. And if you he, had made me guess, I would have confidently said 29. Yeah. And he has all these stories about his little nephews and everything like that and everybody doing funny stuff and his nieces. And and I'm I'm just, you know, it was, it was very funny. He does a lot of voices and impressions and, like, you know, some of that kind of comedy. It was he was really good. I would have if we rated stand up specials on our scale, I would have given it an outstanding. I would have as well. It's one of the best ones I've seen. Yeah, Jack Whitehall. I would have given his a memorable. I yeah. lo- I love his bits. He the way he emotes about stuff is very funny to me. Yeah, the little bit of like some of the like you know he's the posh kid, so he goes into that like theater voice sometimes and yeah. about certain things. But um, I really liked his bit about alternative milks. It was that was entertaining. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Uh, so, I, we can say we recommend both of those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jack Whitehall, I'm Only Joking, Russell Howard, Lubricant, they're both on Netflix. They were both really good. Um, we have still qu- watched quite a bit of other TV together. We are back on our Jane the Virgin grind, season two. It's been really good, still, I think. Yes. Um, we have still been watching Love Island, season eight. The way they're doing it is... This is Love Island UK, so it releases in the UK significantly earlier than it does in America. So we watch each episode as soon as we can. It's one it's one a day 
Tuesday through Friday. They release two on Saturday, and then Sunday and Monday there aren't any out. So we're as caught up as we can be. They're in Casa Amor, which if you know Love Island, you know that's where all this stuff goes down. That's where the drama happens. And it looks like it's going to go down. And then we started and finished Ms. Marvel. Yes. We just finished that today, actually, before we are recording this. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Pretty recently. I. What did you think about Miss Marvel? I really liked the first three episodes. And I feel like the last three episodes kind of let me down a little bit. Yeah. I was really cool with episode five? Wait. There's only six. Was it episode five, the time travel one? When they go back to Pakistan slash India? Which one? The time travel? The time travel one, yeah. I feel like that was five. Yeah, I think that was five. I liked that. That that was really cool. When she saw her grandmother. Well, yeah, I got to see from her grandmother's perspective of, like, this, like, fleeing from uh, India because of the partition uh, and all that stuff. That's also horrible. Um, I think that, yeah, I think the story was a little more... I really wanted to, like, be just totally fine with this one. I'd heard good things about it. I think it needed to be longer than it was. Yeah. I I, felt like the last three... I think my main issue is that the last three episodes felt kind of rushed. Yeah. In comparison to the pacing of the first three. I think even some of the first three episodes, there's some stuff that felt rushed. Um, Spoilers uh, for uh, Miss Marvel, which did kind of just finish up. Um, But... I, I think that... The, the sort of left turn that the clandestine, which is a horrible name, um, take in the, we need you to help us get home, and then the, the we gave her 24 hours, and she's only been texting us a little bit. To, we need to kill everyone around her now and force her to open the portal. Was at, like, at her brother's wedding. Yeah, was like, okay, you guys sort of like went from, we're, very, we're being very nice to, to all right, you didn't do it immediately fuck you we're taking everything and it was it was very frustrating like oh cool you're gonna ruin her brother's wedding for no reason that's great you gave her like a day you you told her this big revelation about herself and then gave her a day you've waited 70 years for this you could wait another two days before you i just thought it was like just felt rushed and then the actual like ending of that whole arc with the ending on episode four yeah it was just it it was way 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 too fast i'm bummed because i really liked uh, overall i would say i enjoyed the show if we were rating it on our same rating i'd say entertaining it was good um i liked kamala as yes as a main character i thought she was so fun i love the idea of what it would look like to be just, like, a nerdy teen in the MCU, like, knowing that these superheroes exist, and, like, she's a huge fangirl, and she goes to this convention, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and I'm excited to see her in the Marvels eventually with Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I thought or with she, Captain Marvel. She is Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I thought she was great. I thought that, that they, they did that character... She was cast well. Yeah, she, I think her casting was perfect. Um, I may have some minor complaints about where they took her powers, 
but I also really enjoyed the whole story of her bangle, uh-huh. and like, like I, I realized that the powers are coming from the, or they, the bangle awakened her powers. I wanted more backstory was, on that. Too, there was the though. like the whole like it's like you know very light based, hard light based, which was fine, um, and but I really I really liked like the whole Pakistani connection and like you know getting to see like you know the the life as a teenage like Muslim and dealing yeah. with all that stuff and the like the horrors that were sort of wrought on her people by the British and like how they destabilized the entire country of India um, and it, it was just like and sort of split it into like multiple religious like ethnostate kind of things which was pretty messed up and by pretty messed up I mean it's like an understatement it's like extremely like horrible to be honest. Um, I did really enjoy her character as a, you know, Peter Parker, Spider-Man is like the teenage boy, yeah. high schooler character. And I like that she is kind of the foil of that for teenage girls. Like, they also get to have their high school yeah. Marvel superhero. Yeah, teenage teenage girls, um, Pakistani girls, Muslim girls, mm-hmm. like... I, I really love the representation. It is so nice to and be getting some different... Diverse, yeah. More diversity in the MCU, period. It's because fun. In the beginning, it, especially as I'm going back and re-watching all these movies, like, oh my gosh, it's so white <laughs> in the so beginning. Dudes, yeah. So it is just so refreshing to see people of color, uh, people with just different stories to tell. It just makes the whole cinematic universe so much richer. So yeah. that is like crazy refreshing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like I like the Asian representation. Like it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think I prefer Miss Marvel's um, just the character in general's uh, skill set from the comics. I like I like the shapeshifter thing. I think it's really fun. Um, like she makes herself huge and stuff like that. Um, but like. I understand that they went for something different. I think probably very likely because it would have looked really bad if they'd tried to... I don't... They, they like, barely did anything with Reed Richards when they had him in... Uh, multiverse. In multiverse. Um, and I think they did that because they were like, oh, no, we still can't quite get Stretchy Man to look good CGI-wise. Um, and she is essentially just Reed Richards in the comics. Um, not not the smartest man in the universe thing, but like the like shape shifting. She can like flatten herself out like a pancake. All that stuff actually fully shape shift and look like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, in the original run, like she makes herself look like actual Captain Marvel for like a lot of it, and then she oh, realizes okay. like, oh wait a minute, I should be just copying her deeds, not her entire look. You know, yeah. um, but like I think that that's I think I just think that that was. Not my favorite. It wasn't, like, a problem for me. I wasn't, like, really upset about it or anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would have... I think I would have liked to see stretchy person as opposed to hard, light, manipulation person. But yeah. I do understand why they did that and why they put, and how they linked it in story-wise with the trail of stars that led her yeah. grand, her grandmother... I guess we would have seen her great-grandmother's perspective then because her grandmother right. is the one. But led her grandmother back to her grandfather... Her great-grandfather to, you know, escape... India right. to Pakistan, um, but yeah, I think I think and, and you know because I didn't hate any of that, the movie is definitely 
the show. Oh, sorry, the show's definitely like enter- an entertaining for me. Yeah. You know? It was good. It wasn't my favorite. It, it didn't hold up to WandaVision or Moon Knight for me, but I did really enjoy it, and I really enjoyed her character, and I'm excited to see where they take her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it definitely wasn't my favorite one, um, but, I mean, I don't even know if I could tell you what my least favorite one is. I, I never... All the ones that yeah. I dislike, or, like, mildly dislike, just kind of get lumped into the same level, I you never know? regret watching one yeah, of these. Yeah, it's always fun. I, I, I like the miniseries as a, as a format. I do, too. All right, now we're going to move on to the TV shows that we watch separately. I have been watching a little bit of all of my usuals, so I finished season three of Fresh Off the Boat. Um, I'm fresh off the boat! <laughs> It ends uh, with a big cliffhanger, so we'll see uh, where they're taking season four, because I have no idea. Um, And I have been casually watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta season 10. Casually. Very, you know, much more. I I go in different modes, you know? Like, there's my, like, I will only watch Housewives and nothing else mode. This has been, like, I think I've seen two episodes in the past week. So, that's pretty good for me. Um, I think that's all I'm watching on my own. Are you watching TV shows? Yes. Um, the boys and I were going to do a movie night at one point. Uh, and then instead of a movie night, we ended up uh, starting a miniseries. Um, we started watching Reacher uh, on Amazon Prime Video. Um, Amazon Pause. Amazon Prime, Prime pause. Video. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we watch we're watching Reacher, um, which is I forget what the dude's name is. Uh, well, it's about Jack Reacher. the 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 show is based on the novel The Killing Floor, or I think it's just Killing Floor by Lee Child, um, one of those uh, pretty ubiquitous writers. You find them in like pretty much every library, right? Um, the it is. Since it's, the killing, since it's Killing Floor, it's essentially the same events of the movie Jack Reacher that starred Tom Cruise a while ago, but they're kind of rebooting it because they want to do it as a miniseries because Amazon has had pretty decent luck with making miniseries out of Tom Clancy you know, IPs, um, and this is this is the same kind of thing. It feeds into that very well. I feel like miniseries is like the vibe right now. Yes. That's a trendy thing. People want to watch a miniseries. <laughs> People think movies are too short and miniseries have just enough time to show us what you need. Um, so we've been really enjoying it. Uh, the story is Jack Reacher is a drifter, kind of, right? He's a bit of a vagrant. He calls himself a hobo. Um, he just travels to where he, wherever he feels like he wants to go, lives off of a pension uh, from the from his service in the U.S. military as a military police detective, right? Um, so he gets his pension every month and just sort of travels. And whenever he, uh, wherever he ends up is where he ends up. Uh, and this time his travels led him to a town called Margrave, Georgia, and immediately he shows up, has a piece of peach pie and a cup of coffee. And before he can even eat his first mouthful of pie, he's arrested for murder. Um, and uh, pretty quickly goes into, um, you know, that uh, he just showed up in town. He couldn't actually have been the murderer. And he ends up starting to aid the police in their investigation of this actual murder. Um, while the police is being, uh, while, like, other people in town are trying to, like, stop that investigation because it's 
pretty much this like massive corporation that moved into the town, um, and this like this billionaire guy um, who's definitely like dirty, right? Um, but he also has brought a lot of jobs and money into the town and sort of revitalized the area. So everyone in town loves him, and he's essentially able to get away with murder. But Jack Reacher's going to stop that. And we're only about we're only four episodes into the eight episode series, um, which has been really fun so far. Uh, I've been really enjoying that. Didn't you start a show with um, Liam and Connor? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. So um, I have a couple friends from undergrad, and we're... Actually, Alex was there, too. Alex is going to watch that with us, I think. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Um, I forgot to name drop Alex. But, uh, yeah, we're we're watching The Devil is a Part-Timer, Volume 2, or Season 2, or whatever they're calling it. Devil is a Part-Timer is one of the first anime I ever watched. Uh, the concept is there was this other world, right, where... You know, this this guy's Satan, the king of demons, right? And he, and he's, like, about to be beaten by the hero. And then he does some portal magic and then trans- transports into our world. And then throughout the first season, um, he just, like, chills out, becomes a really normal dude, gets a job at McRonald's. <laughs> Their weird McDonald's, like type place um and uh yeah he just becomes like a part-time like shift manager at a mcdonald's in japan um and he and he ends up it it, the really fun part about it is that i mean there are still some like fights as like some of his lieutenants portal over and try to and like assist him they end up just living together like (laughs) lucifer is this like gamer kid now um alciel is is the guy he ends up being like kind of like the 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 man of the house he's like making sure everybody everything's running right and they're, they're budgeting properly because they're living in this like tiny little like budget apartment because they're living off of uh satan's salary or Saddam <laughs> Mao. um and uh yeah it, it's it's very fun and they're there they in the first episode um which just came out so spoilers for the first episode of devil is a part-timer series two um the, the a baby shows up from a portal out of nowhere that's supposed to be uh, <laughs> Satan's baby and also the hero's baby who followed him through the portal and like lives in a different apartment, right? Um, and it's been very entertaining uh, to see how this, see how this goes. And it, the twenty the twenty two minute episode blazed past, and my buddy's like, "It's over already!" <laughs> like this is it's, I just can't like it's it's it went so fast. We paused it at one point, and, and my buddy Liam goes, seven minutes? <laughs> We've watched seven minutes? <laughs> it was very funny, but it's, it's pretty good. Okay, moving on from TV shows, we move on to books. I finally finished a book this month. We're 17 days into July, and I finally finished a book. I typically read, like, five books a month. That is probably not going to happen this month. But I read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch, which is my book club book for this month. It's a sci-fi thriller book, essentially about how every choice you make in life leads you down a different path. Um, It's just crazy. I don't even want to give much of a plot synopsis because it's one of those books that is so much better the less that you know. So it is a wild ride. It's a fast read. It's crazy fast-paced very thought-provoking and the most stressful book I've ever read in my entire life but like in a can't put it down kind of way and I rate it four stars I am 80% through the audiobook 
for what am I listening to? Watership Down, which I have been listening to for a long, long time. And I am picking the Law of Hypothesis back up now that I finished my book club book. You've not read anything, have you? No. Then moving on to games, I am back on my Animal Crossing grind. I got my waterscaping permit, so I am now able to add some uh, earth features yeah, onto my water so I can cross. So that has been very, very pleasing for me. I'm trying to do some just like landscaping work to make everything a little more uh, appealing to me. This is very long, so talk about your game quickly. Um, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey still. Um, that that's that's pretty fun. Uh, it's it's been all right, honestly. Um, I've I am down to uh, two and a half of the northern islands, which are the high the high level islands that I wasn't able to start earlier on. Um, they're very small, so I'll be done with them very quickly. And then I can finally play the game at level 57, probably, by the time I'm done with them. And, you know, with everything unlocked and legendary everything, I'll be able to start finally playing the game and <laughs> starting the missions in Athens, which are, like, super early on. Outside of that, uh, play D &D, playing D&D &D still. Um, we are ramping up for our next campaign, um, right now I have it labeled as a title as Project Godfall, um, but uh, it's probably going to be the Adventures of the Bloodhound Gang because the vehicle that they're going to use to get around has been named the Bloodhound already, so that'll be really funny. Um, anyway, uh, the we just finished our last campaign. We played through the pre-made module, um, Icewind Dale, The Rime of the Frost Maiden. I may have skipped through a little bit of it because uh, it was getting a little long towards the very end and we wanted a resolution. Um, but I think it was very satisfying to everybody and some characters got some really well-deserved um, like like finishes to their characters. Like some, some good epilogues, which was really nice. Um, and then my buddy Emer, who was, this was his first long-term campaign, like the actual campaign that he's finished, um, he said he cried himself to sleep. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, that makes me feel good, but also kind of bad because I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. That's it for our media break. Let's move on to the second movie we watched this week. All right. Sometimes you got to skip all the starting stuff and just go right to the finish line, baby. What we, is that supposed to be? It was Huggy Bear. We watched Starsky and Hutch. Um, I just quoted a line from Snoop Dogg's character. Uh, who put himself right where the right where the villains were gonna be at the I very know. end of the movie? Yeah, I'm caught um, up now. Yeah, it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. This was another Peter does this every once in a while when he can't pick a movie. He'll make a list of the movies that he's interested in watching and then give me a vague description or general genre and ask me what I'm in the mood for. Yes, this one I just said buddy cop. And I was in the mood for it, and funny enough, I almost picked this as my movie before <laughs> I picked You've Got Mail, because I had no idea what I was in the mood for earlier this week. Um, it was really good. It's Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Snoop Dogg's character really does steal the show. Um, do you want to give a little plot synopsis? Yeah, sure. So this is Starsky and Hutch. I don't know how uh, original to the source material it is because Starsky and Hutch was a TV series, I think, in the seventies. It was in the seventies. Yeah. You check that. Okay, yeah, I good. looked it up. Um, 
comedy buddy cop series, of course. Um, so this one uh, is Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, um, and they are uh, Starsky and Hutch, respectively. Um, and yeah, uh, basically they're they're tracking. There's a cocaine shipment that's going to be delivered. Um, a big a big ass cocaine deal is going down, and this is new cocaine. It it's got some weird artificial sweetener style vibe to it, so the the drug dogs don't know it's there, right? So the interesting thing is that uh, the two villains, played by Vince Vaughn and Jason Bateman, are they're trying to get this coke in, and Ben Stiller and Wilson. Starsky and Hutch are trying to catch them. That's pretty much the entire synopsis of the movie. Yeah, the main the main plot point that they really start everything out with is David Starsky really wants to be a good cop. He takes all the roles very seriously. Too seriously. Eh, he's still not doing a great job of being a cop. And then we have Ken Hutchinson, who um, does crime on the side of being a cop. And then whenever he gets caught, just pretends that he's undercover. undercover. And they end up being partners. So, yes. obviously, very different vibes. There's a little bit of clashing. And then, you know, in in true bromance style, they end up, you know, really caring about each other at the end, which was sweet. I love the backdrop of the 70s in this. I thought that it made it just even more fun. Like, they go to a nightclub at one point. There's a dance-off between Tar- Starsky Disco. and... And what was it? Disco... Dance and Dave or Dance something? Dance and Dave. <laughs> oh, but it was so much fun. Um... I have la- I laughed at this movie more than I've laughed at a lot of the comedy movies we've seen recently. And this is, like, categorized as a comedy crime movie. Um, but it just... I, I giggled. It was, like, that kind of movie. You know, there's a point where Starsky uses... They've been told that the new cocaine they got off of Will Ferrell's character <laughs> is not cocaine at yeah. all it's just sugar so starsky's out of sugar he wants to put something in his coffee he's like well i was told this is just sugar and he ends up just like Doing on a, a lot of, coke. of cocaine <laughs> um so everything he does from there is just like very funny especially because it's his character that did it and he's like trying to be so straight laced yeah i mean i really enjoyed it um what did i give this one you said entertaining I did say entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, it wasn't anything crazy. I rated this one memorable. I think for me, it just stands out in this genre in particular because I'm always looking when it comes to like action movies, crime movies, even like sci-fi movies, things like that. As someone who doesn't love those genres, I'm always looking for a movie in genres like that that are accessible to everyone and I feel like this movie is a cop movie that anyone could watch. And maybe part of me has a little bit of we just finished Brooklyn Nine Nine nostalgia towards like watching these cops in the precinct and stuff, but I really enjoyed it. I actually ended up rating it memorable. So I rated it a little bit higher than Peter did. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Oh my gosh, the best scene I thought was the uh the little Korean kid that kept throwing <laughs> knives into them. <laughs> Like, like they go to arrest this guy who was like hired to shoot at them, right? They show up at his house, and uh, his son like dives over the kitchen counter and then starts throwing knives at Starsky Hutch and nails both of them with knives. Starsky like twice, dead center in the back. Yeah, <laughs> but they're like little little tiny like kitchen steak uh-huh. knives, so they're like they're not like killing him or anything, which was I thought it was really funny because 
It's <laughs> like both stumbling out of there, having arrested the dad. Yeah, and having to pull <laughs> and kitchen knives like, out. Like, tell him to stop, tell him to stop. And the dad tells him to keep going and not stop throwing knives here's, in Korean, which is hilarious. Here's my number one problem with this movie, though, is so they're telling him to say, tell him to stop. And then later, at once they have, <laughs> have the dad in for questioning and Hutch is bringing him food, we find out that Hutch spoke Korean the whole time. I say he speaks a little Korean. And he doesn't know how to say stop or no you can't you can't tell me i mean well, I you know you need a... his dad to tell him but hutch could have at least realized that his dad yeah. was not telling him no or also, stop the heat of the moment and he's already been he's already got a knife in his shoulder or something no, so fair enough <laughs> i feel like i feel like all the uh, knowledge of foreign language goes out the window once you've been stabbed <laughs> um in such a high intensity environment but it was it was very funny. They had to do some gross shit for Will Ferrell, who was a biker who was really into dragon gay stuff, I guess. Yeah, and they don't realize that they're on camera, so yep. then they end up losing their... Well, no, they're only... They're the laughing stock, and they lose the case. They lose the but case. They lose the case, but they just keep following the case And anyway. then later, they lose their jobs because they show up at... They, they show up at Vince Vaughn's character's daughter's bar mitzvah. They get in by pretending to be mimes which they're horrible at. And then Starsky overhears... What is Vince Vaughn's character's name? Reese Feldman. He hears Reese talking on the phone about, you know, something's in the garage. He's like, okay, that's the cocaine. And he shoots at the garage. Turns out that uh, Reese Feldman bought his daughter a pony for her bar mitzvah, and Starsky had killed it. And so then they lose their jobs because they've been following a case that they had been taken off of, and they ruined a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, and terrorized some kids. I, re- I really enjoyed the cast for these. Like, it's like... The cast like 2004, so it's like back when they could get all these guys in a movie without it costing them, like, millions and millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just, like, stacked with all these, like, comedy... Like, like Snoop Dogg in a movie, you know, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jason Bateman... Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell... See Patton Oswalt at one point yeah. as like a as the disco announcer. I just I was really pumped with like all the cameos and little like bit parts we had in this. Snoop Dogg's character was great because he calls he calls himself an urban informant. He says I'm an urban informant, but I'm not a snitch. And he says the difference is snitches wear wires. So <laughs> and they make him wear wire. <laughs> yeah, so they'll let him. He'll let them know what they need to know, and then he ends up being the one to save the day because. They're trying to get Reese Feldman, and and Snoop Dogg, his character had been wearing a wire and pretending to be a golf caddy mm-hmm. for Feldman so that Starsky and Hutch could figure out what was going on with the case. And so he realizes as he's being a caddy, first of all, Reese Feldman slaps him like within the first two minutes of knowing him, so obviously that doesn't sit very well with him. And he realizes that all Reese Feldman really talks about is his yacht. So when things are going down, he just goes straight to the yacht, and he's the one who ends up, you know, killing him and getting all the money, or... Knocks him unconscious. Yeah, knocks, knocks him unconscious. I and found your nine iron, bitch. Yep. Boom! Yep. <laughs> knocked him across the head with the nine great. iron. And he ends up taking one of the one of the suitcases of cash, which I thought was great, because it's just... It's realistic to his character, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like if he had, like, returned everything, I would have been like, hang on a minute. Like, that's not who Huggy Bear is. Five million dollars in he, cash. But he takes that money and he, he's able to get Starsky his car back because 
<laughs> Starsky and Hutch are trying to get on the yacht because they, unlike Huggy Bear, went through the all the steps of following him instead of just jumping to the end, uh, as the quote that Peter referenced in the beginning. Um, so they tried to jump Starsky's car onto the yacht, um, overshoot it, overshoot oh, horribly. It's, by it's, a lot. It's, it's like amped up to be like they're gonna land the car on the yacht, and they just miss the yacht entirely. Car sinks to the bottom of the bay, and it's, the yacht just leaves. And that's that car is like the one thing that makes Starsky cool. Mm-hmm. Like Hutch says it to him, Huggy Bear says yep. it to him. Like this, this like actually makes me care about you a little bit <laughs> like the fact that you drive this car so huggy bear does use some of the five million dollars that he got to get starsky the same version of his old car which is driven by yep they purchase it from the original actors for starsky and hutch and they're dressed exactly the same as them too like this really fun scene where they like approach each other and everything kind of like the end of 21 jump street um where um, they run into the original guys from 21 Jump Street, the show. Yeah. Right? And it, <laughs> and it's like Johnny Depp and the other guy, you know, they're like the original guys from the TV show. Um, that was really fun. That like, the nod, heavy nod to I the original. I love that. I love nods to source material. Like, it, it, even in Uncharted, when he shows up on the beach and it's yep. Nathan Fillion or whoever. Yep. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, um... Yeah, because isn't Nathan? Nathan yeah, he's Drake. the guy from yeah. It, Nathan Drake's uh, voice actor. Right. Might have been Troy Baker, but it's not Troy Baker. It's the other guy. Either way, uh, it's super fun to like to see those those interactions. It is. And like when the, you oh yeah, I think I did that once. <laughs> when you know, like when you're in the know, it's just something like kind of clicks in your brain. It's just like you just get this like kind of pleasure feeling of yeah. like oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, so that was really fun for this one. It kind of made me wish that I had seen the show or knew more about the story. Yeah. But, you know, it was enjoyable. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I laughed a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna... The reason I didn't rate it memorable is I don't know if I'm going to, like, really, like, think about it a whole lot. I feel like it's it's easy but it was fun. to kind of say that because you've watched a lot more of these kinds of movies than yeah. I have. And it's no of, Anchorman, you know? Out of all the ones that I've seen, this one sticks out to me. So. Yeah. All right. We're kind of in a lull of not really being quite sure what we're going to be watching. There's not anything coming out in the theater soon that we're like, yes, mm-hmm. we're going to that. Um, so we'll see what is to come. In the next couple weeks. Yeah, I guess. Maybe I'll finally watch that uh, movie I referenced earlier that I can no longer remember now. It wasn't Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nope. It was the one of the rom-coms that I said. Hmm, this is very on brand for you. Uh, yeah, exactly. I... We'll see you next week. <laughs>